Welcome to MishnahStudy.com. This is Jesse Selim, together with Tani Masechet Perachot, we're in Perek Het, Halacha Bet. Over here we'll speak about Netilat Yadayim, verse pouring wine in a Seuda. So which one comes first? After the order of Kiddushin, that's Mishnah. Now we'll speak about when to pour wine for Kiddush. So Bet Shammai Omrim, Notlim Layadayim, Ve'achar Kach Mozgin Etakos. Bet Lel Omrim, Mozgin Etakos, Ve'achar Kach Notelin Layadayim. Right, so seemingly very simple. Over here, there's an argument of whether you have to do an etilat daim first. Bet Shammai says you have to do an etilat daim first, and then you pour the cup of wine. Hanabam says over here it's a kos of beracha, meaning it's a kos of kiddush. And Bet Hidel says the opposite. First you pour the cup of kiddush, and then you go ahead and make etilat daim afterwards. Now, this simple Mishnah, really has a lot of backdrop to it because the whole Mishnah is centered around Tum'ah and Tahara. So the main argument is centered around whether or not one can use a wine cup that is Tameh for Kiddush. So Bet Shammai, who forbids, sets up the Mishnah with precautions not to make the cup Tameh. And Bet Hillel, who allows, sets up the Mishnah with the precaution not to make the person Tameh. Right, so it's interesting that each one has a different concern. Now, that being said, we're going to try to explain the Mishnah. Before I do so, I just want to read what Hanambam says at the end. Because Hanambam ends off his perush over here with, and I'll translate or explain, all the principles of these laws, tum'ah of hands, tum'ah of liquids, how kelim become tameh, how utensils become tameh from the outside only, how kelim utensils make liquids tameh without making the person themselves tameh. It's impossible to explain them all here. Ten pages wouldn't be enough. But after learning, Masechet, Taharot, Para, Mikvaot, Yadaim, Utvulyom, and the Perush over there, you'll have a clear understanding of this Mishnah. Right? That's Harambam, what he says over here at the end. Um, that being said, let's work with what we have to understand what's in front of us to the best of our ability. So I'll try to do my best to sum up a lot of laws of Tuman Tahara, and then we'll jump into this Mishnah. It's nice. It's nice to have this background. If you think about last Perik, the first Perik, the first Mishnah Perik Zayin, we had a lot of laws in regards to Turumot and Maasrot, laws that pertain to Zira'im and the laws of Eretz Israel. Over here, we'll get a very quick introduction of something that pertains to Tuman Tahara, and it can really serve as a background um, for. The Shas Mishnah. So Beti Leil say, don't do Nitzat Adayim first. We're worried that the cup is Tameh from liquids. So let's just explain. There are four basic levels of Tumah. After the source of Tumah, right? The, the Abba Tumah, which is the main source, or the, the let's say a corpse itself, right? Then you have the next level, after the corpse, is the Av. The Av is someone who came in contact with the dead. Right? So if someone touched a dead body, that person becomes an Avatuma. The next level down is a Rishon, a first. Right? One level down, that's someone who touched an Av. The next level down is a second, Shani. That's someone 
or something better yet, something that touched the first. Then you have a shilishi, which is a third level tumah. That could only be truma, basically truma that touched a second. The truma becomes a shilishi, a third. And then you have a fourth level tumah, a revi'i, which only applies to kadashim, which is korbanot, that came in contact with a shilishi, with a third. So each way, each time moves a level down. Right? You have the aviavot, which is like the, the dead body. Then you have the avs, someone who touched that. Then you have rishon, you know, some, some, someone that touched that. You have a sheni, something that touched the rishon. Shlishi, something that touched the sheni. Turma that touched the sheni. And then you have rivi'i, which is korbanot that touched the shlishi. Right? That's, that's the levels of tum'ah. Now, two quick side points. A person himself, a body, cannot become a sheni, cannot become a second level, right? Sheni is too weak of a tum'ah to make a person, the entire person tameh. But, Hachamim said his hands can become tameh, right? So a person's hands can become sheni. He himself cannot. Another uh, law regarding tum'ah and tahara are regards to the liquids. There are seven types of liquids, um, that the Torah regards, that have the power to become, read Rabbanan, Chachamim say, have the power to become a first. They have the power to become a Rishon. So, if something Tameh touched the liquid, even something Sheni touched the liquid, so instead of going down a level, right, to become a Shlishi, like all other uh, Tumot, Right? Or let's say a, a Rishon touched the liquid, it would go down to a Sheni, it would go down to a second level. Instead of being a, a Sheni, the liquid itself becomes a first, becomes a Rishon. Right? This is very unique to liquids. Liquids that touch any type of Tum'ah, it doesn't go down a level, rather it goes, jumps up or stays the same at a Rishon, at a first level Tum'ah. Right? So those are just two unique points regards to that will help us understand this Mishnah. That is that a person cannot become a Shani, but his hands can. And liquids that touch something that's Tameh become a Rishon automatically. Become a first level Tumah. Now, Betilel. What does Betilel say? Betilel says that you don't do Nitilat Yadayim first because we're concerned if his hands are still wet. Right? There's liquid on his hands. And he touches the cup, which may be Tameh. Right? Now the liquid on his hand becomes a Rishon. It becomes a first. And now his hands, which are touching that liquid, become a Sheni. Because hands can become a second level Tumah. And now we're back to square one, where he'll make Hamotzi with Tameh hands. No good. But, if his hands are dry... So he didn't do Nitilat Yadayim first. Now we won't have this concern. Because even if the cup is Tameh, it doesn't have the power to make his hands Tameh without the liquid as a conducer. This is what Haramba means when he says that we're worried the cup is Tameh from liquids. Now, why liquids? Why does Haram Bam say we worry that the cup is tamir from liquids? Now, if someone wants to follow over here, Haram Bam brilliantly sets up this Mishnah in the only possible way where the cup can become tamir 
strong enough to make his hands that cut, touch touch the cup tamir, but light enough where it needs a liquid to be a con- conducer of that tumah. So let me explain. Harambam over here says that the Mishnah, that the cup is tamir from liquids. Meaning what? He can't say the cup was tamir from an avatumah because if the cup was tamir from an avatumah, then the cup would become a yishon himself. And even if his hands weren't weren't wet, his hands would become a sheni because his hands are touching something that's a yishon. That's a first level. So his hands would become a sheni, a second level, even without water on them. And from the opposite spectrum, if we would have said the cup um, touched. Foods or utensils that were Rishon, that were first level Tumah. So now the cups touch something that's Rishon. We know that the cup, we know this from Masechah Taharot, that the cup stays Tahor. A cup, a utensil cannot become Tameh from touching foods or other Kelim that are Rishon. So Harambam over here brilliantly sets up the Mishnah with a cup that specifically became Tameh through Rishon liquids that touch the cup from the outside. If you follow that, awesome. Uh, if you didn't, um, that's probably why Harambam says I need 10 pages to explain the laws of Tumah and Tahara. But even though he said that, he's writing precisely with one or two words which really make all other options fall by the wayside so you could zone in and explain this Mishnah precisely the only way it could be set up with using one or two words. Now let's go to understand Bet Shammai's opinion. Right? Back, back, back to Bet Shammai. So Bet Shammai forbids using a tam, Tameh cup. So he doesn't have this concern of hands becoming Tameh. But being that they forbid using a tam, Tameh cup for Kiddush, they have a separate concern. If his hands are Tameh, then they may touch liquids on the cup. Let's say a little wine spilled over. Now there's wine on the outside of the cup. His hands, well, the wine itself now, his hands are tameh, right? Because he didn't wash yet. The He makes the liquid on the cup, edishon, and now you made the cup tameh. You made the cup sheni. Therefore, they make everyone, but Shammai makes everyone do nitilati adayim before pouring the wine. So to sum up, Betilel's concern is that you may make the person Tameh, and Bet Shammai's concern is that you may make the cup Tameh, and they don't allow you to use a Tameh cup. Now, Harambam doesn't bring either opinion down as Halakha. It's interesting why. Seemingly because it's inapplicable even in the times where they kept Tumantara, right? We know Harambam wrote his Halakha even for times of, uh, of the Bet HaMikdash. Right, so he writes about all laws of Tumantara. Why wouldn't he bring this down? Because even this um, would not potentially would not apply, uh, since one is allowed to eat and drink tamir foods as long as they're not kodesh, right? Or if they're just the only time they would do this is if they're trying to really stay in a tahor state on their own. So seemingly that's the reason Harbam doesn't bring it down the halacha. In the next mishnah, we'll move on to sweeping the floor. First, washing hands at the end of a meal, which one you should do first.